Hey everyone, this is Steve Hernandez, host of the Waterwise Pro Podcast. I thank you for joining me. I have my buddy Mike Primavera from the East Coast joining us today. How's it going, Mike? Doing well, doing well. How are you, Steve? Right on, man. I'm doing good, dude. And so uh, I'm going to just bring you in, do a little introduction on you. Um, so Mike's been in the industry for about 10 years now. Um, out of Pompton Lakes is where he started and then spent some couple years there. And then uh, recently got a job over with the township of Montclair as operations supervisor. He's a young dude, got a beautiful family, uh, doing big things uh, in New Jersey. And so I just thought it'd be great to bring someone in from uh, the East Coast and it's doing great things. And you've been a WWP of the week in the past. And um, yeah, man, let's just let's just wrap today and see where we go. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Cool, man. Cool. So um, why don't you just share everybody uh, share with everybody like uh, how you got into the industry, like, uh, you know, who introduced the industry to you? And um, and we'll just start there, man. I mean, I've for me, I started out in uh, in plumbing when I was 18, graduated high school. So I started with pipes right away. Um, got laid off when the economy dropped out in 2008. Everybody got laid off. And then I got in with a private utility contractor. And that's really where I got my first taste of the water and sewer. And I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, and then my uh, my wife got pregnant. And uh, it, I had to make a decision at the time of that pregnancy was to stay with the private utility contractor. It would cost me 10000 out of pocket to have the baby. Or... I could, I spoke to somebody I'd known in the town I grew up in was hiring Pompton Lakes and then it was $50 out of pocket to have the baby. So I took a pay cut, <laughs> but it was a, it was a no brainer to go to the town for the benefits. I mean, it was a raise, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the paying the 10 grand was worth the pay cut I took. And the, you know, the benefits, my son was born with some health complications so that it really, it ended up going a long way for us a lot longer than I thought it was going to go. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and sometimes that's just all it takes is just that little, do a little bit of math, right? And the pros and cons and, uh, and it works out. And then, you know, it sounds like, uh, you guys actually benefited, you know, on the, by having that, that new opportunity. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Great. Helped us out a lot. Helped us out yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we've talked in the past, man, and, and we, you know, we kind of started a relationship about two and a half years ago or so, um, just from the gram and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of guys in in Cali. I'm gonna say, it, man, we're we're kind of soft in in the aspect that uh, you know we don't have all the history that the East Coast has. I mean, you you posted up recently like a map that was from like 1887, uh, and you know we talked about different layers of like just streets, right? Like you know, and like, oh yeah, yeah, the, the water mains like 10 feet deep down there because of freezing temperatures. And you know, tell us about like when so when you got in the, the industry. You know, what was some of the first positions you had and like what were some of like the, you know, like what were some of like your rough days? Like what, what, what was that like? I mean, when I got in, when I first started Pompton Lakes, I obviously I started as a laborer. Um, for me, actually, six months after I got in, the foreman who worked there had taken a job with uh, United Water, now Suez. Um, and I actually had the most water main repair experience out of all the other guys there being from the private contractor. Uh-huh. So they actually upped my position for me, um, and then <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a day there where we can we got called in. I think it was like eleven o'clock at night. We're on top of a mountain, middle of winter. The night started; it was thirty degrees. The sun came up, Steve. It it dropped down to five degrees. <laughs> the water was warmer than the air, and we couldn't get a good shutdown on it. So we, luckily, it was only a circular crack. We could throw a repair clamp on it. Yeah. But as you were climbing out of the hole, your hands were freezing to the ladder. 
it was a yeah, it was a it was a rough day to say the least. I think that was about an eighteen hour day, all said and done, getting through uh, the rock, getting man. down to the main because the main was pretty deep itself. Um, I, I think that was about a seven foot deep hole. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that was a, that, that was a rough one. That was one of my toughest ones, I'd say. Yeah, so like, so for us, dude, like, you know, we say like, you know, back in my day, we used to walk through the snow to school and up a hill. Like, dude, that was like, that's like your regular work day, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, all winter, you, you get used to that real fast. <laughs> so if your hands aren't sticking to the ladder because they're getting frozen, then you're uh, you're having a good day then. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, that, that, that's a heat wave. That's a heat wave. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane, man. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like, you know, I think we take, you know, we, so... So like we all, you know, like I said, we're all brothers by trade, right? And we're all doing the same thing. But like, really, like, there's some some guys out that are just in some super harsh, you know, conditions. And you know, when some guys are like, I don't, you know, it's like I don't want to work today. It's like, dude, you got it made, man. And 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 that's you know, that's what a lot of people need to do is just have some perspective and that there is someone that has it a little bit more difficult than they do, and and uh, and just keep working hard, you know, because there's guys that are busting ass with you know 10 feet in the hole and the water's colder or warmer than the the air is outside dude so oh yeah and you can you can layer up man and then that wind comes you feel it cuts right through all those layers it doesn't matter how many you have on (laughs) what's what's the coldest uh coldest temperatures you get normally over there uh i I mean normally we usually float around the the 20s i'd say 25 30 degrees during the winter I mean, yeah. I've been on, when I worked for the private contractor, we actually did a job where we started the trash pump up to drain the hole, uh-huh. and the end of the fire hose froze. It was like a, <laughs> we were in like a wind tunnel. It was like a zero-degree day, and the uh-huh. wind came whipping through, and it didn't stop, and it froze the water. So, so yeah, we you, you can get some cold ones in New Jersey, that's for sure. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Now I'm I'm cool over here, man. I'll uh, I'll suffer through the 107 degree weather in the summertime, but uh, yeah, I'm jealous of you guys. I see I see some of the pictures of those holes. They're pretty shallow too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're used to you know 36 to 42 inch cover, man. That's that's uh, pretty normal here in California. Code, yeah, code here is 42 minimum, so you're starting at 42 and at 42. depending on where you are. I mean, some drop offs in mountain areas. That we did one. Uh, our guys did one the other day. I think we were about eight and a half feet deep because it was on the turn down of a mountain. So that was a that was a good one. And you got you know layers of different types of uh, you know asphalt and... and trying to rip. Oh yeah, yeah. We have uh, <laughs> well, you got the two feet of asphalt, the concrete, cobblestone, trolley tracks. We got to get through. And then <laughs> every utility is on top of it: gas, telephone, electric. We had one that actually our water main ran under the electric vault manhole, uh, and uh, uh, that's where it broke. Which was essentially yes. right under the manhole. There's a there's a, so that's pretty popular. Like like vaults that like they're t- or tunnels for utilities right on the east coast. I see that. Um, there's there's a couple of cats that I follow um, out of Philadelphia and uh, Johnstontown. I think is a uh, or John yeah Johnstontown and uh, and they have like these vaults where like utilities. Is that is that common on the east coast? You see a lot of like uh, like vaults for electric, uh, uh, especially. Like the underground, all the underground electric uh, has vaults running through it because I mean, obviously, that where they that's where they'll make their repairs for the most part. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. As far as water, I mean, we don't have a lot of vaults for our utilities, except unless it's like a uh, you know backflow preventer, obviously things that we need access to. Yeah, that we need to, or like a PRV or something like. Uh, 
we have we do have a couple of vaults for PRVs because um, where I am now we have three separate pressure zones with the PRVs, so we do have to access them to repair. But uh, other than that, you're you're ripping road and you're digging holes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so you're at Pompton Lakes. We'll go back. So so you're at Pompton Lakes, and then uh, so there was an opportunity. I assume the the operation supervisor position was at the position the first position at Township of Montclair. Yeah, so I was actually at a uh, a Mueller training class talking to somebody from a different town. He's like, ah, Township Montclair is hiring. You should, you know, put your application. So, yeah, I'll I'll put my application in. Why not? It can't hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. at the point where I'm ready to look, put my application in. I interviewed on a Monday, and they offered me the job the very next day. So that's how how I got the job in Montclair. Right on. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was. was, Honestly, I wasn't expecting that call that fast. I was in shock when they called me. That's crazy, and and just to just from a conversation you had with somebody at the class, yeah, that that's how I found out about it because I I wasn't even really I was looking, but I hadn't checked the websites or anything at the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm always checking the websites. You just you gotta see what's out there. Yeah, but and, I, I hadn't in a while because I was a little, you know I was a little deterred. There wasn't much out there, and then this guy happened to tell me about it, and that's that's how I got the job. Went for it. Huh? The water jobs pretty competitive out there in uh, on the east coast. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Because we, um, I know it's like a lot of your posts. It seems like you got you guys have pretty decent sized crews. It looks like out there. I mean, yeah, you know, the city so. areas like a lot of the the municipalities, unless it's a bigger city area. Yeah. I mean, my guys, we have a six man crew, so it, it's hard. The jobs are hard to come by. Right. You know, you're not you're not you're not getting big crews with a lot of guys on them. They're all small crews. You know, they're not. How many? The, what's the ser- uh, population served? Uh, we have 10,000 service connections in Montclair. Okay. So it's a six square mile town, but we have about 120 miles of water main in the ground. Okay. All right. That's a good size. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's about, I'd say that's about right. You know, we have 178 miles of pipeline and we have 15 guys on the crew, but we, we have our own construction, uh, group, you know what I mean? So that we, we do all our own water main replacement. So, um, and that, I think that's about, about the right um size agency but but there's a you know there is a lot of there's a lot of cities in california that cover small small area like you know there's some like you know like there's more rural areas or more rural states where you know they they cover like a huge huge you know uh, uh service area compared to you know california where there's just all these different cities and districts mm-hmm. and stuff so so yeah what about uh what about certification is certification a, a big deal over there or like uh you know is that it's something not, that's really promoted it's not really i, I wouldn't depending on the town it's town to town but not a lot of towns seem to push it as much um you don't see a lot of incentive like there's no there's no pay increase for you going to get them there's no bonus uh where i am now there is but my my last job you got no extra pay for getting your license it was they paid for you to get your license but that's as far as it went there was no no extra incentive other than obviously you're trying to better yourself and advance your career. But I mean, obviously that's the biggest one, right? But they didn't like your employer doesn't really push them. It's not a, not a big push. I should say. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, you get some of that, you know, in, in, you know, in California, I think that's just everywhere. Um, And I share a little story. Like, uh, so I went to uh, a conference in 2017, I believe it was uh, Philadelphia, um, and I got a tour of Philadelphia's water system, city of Philly. And, uh, it was super cool, man. Tons of history. And, uh, and I got to go to one of their treatment plants and, uh, it was only run by like, there was only like four guys 
there at the time, um, kind of all spread out along around the plant and, uh, no one had certification, but the superintendent and, you know, and, and they, you know, they were asking me, like, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, you know, I, I kind of teach this water stuff in California and I've, I've been in the industry you know, a long time. And, and, uh, they just kind of looked at me like that the certification really wasn't a, a big deal. Um, yeah, that, that, that's how it is. A lot of, a lot of places on the East coast. And what, and what do you think that is, man? I, I don't know if, I, like I said, I don't know if it's the employers not giving you the incentive to go or, or guys just get comfortable and don't really, don't really care because there is no incentive. Yeah. You know, the, the, you, if you don't get the pay increase, a lot of these guys figure, well, then why go? Yeah. You know, then they may pay for you to get the license, but if it's not going to actually increase my week to week peg. Yeah. And, and I think you also get a lot of guys get to, deterred or almost afraid of the responsibility that comes along with it. Yeah. You know, when, when you get those certifications and you, you move up in position and, you, you know, you go from being the guy who was out fixing the pipes. And now you're, you're the guy whose name's on the paper going to the DEP. That can get a little scary sometimes. <laughs> you sound like you're, uh, you have some experience with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, I coming to Montclair. The first time I saw my name on that paper, I was like, uh, yeah, this, this is real now. This is real. <laughs> is that nice science sign right here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is real. Now, now it's, uh, now that we get a bad back T hit or something, uh, it's not only my director, but now that I'm also one of the guys on the paper. So. Yeah, man. No, I got my first taste of that when I was 28, when I went to Watsonville and, uh, and yeah, man, I was signing all these on the, the EOC contact or on the, you know, the water contact for the city. I was like, oh shoot, this just got real. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, and again, that's the perspective from a manager's point, you know, it's just like, Oh shit. Now it's now I'm the dude, right. Or I'm the, the gal that's in charge. And uh, when it's your name on it, like things change quickly about how, how lax you become or how, you know, what is okay and what's not and what standards you have there, because it's like, dude, it's my name on that, on that yeah, piece of paper. I, this could ruin my whole life if we get this wrong guys. And Absolutely. Then, and that, that's that's a, that's where a lot of the guys miss it. Uh, we had a break uh, the other day, and you know, obviously, we we do. A, I don't know how you guys handle it out there, but we call it a controlled shutdown. Mm-hmm. So we keep positive pressure in the main until we fully expose it. So that way, you know, you're not drawing negative pressure and drawing that any sort of bacteria or anything back in. Um, and then we'll do a shutdown. Right. So once it's fully exposed and ready to be, if you got to cut it out, whatever you got to do, we will not turn the pressure completely off. Like we'll throttle it. We'll turn on some hydrants. We'll throttle some valves to reduce pressure, but we have to keep positive pressure. And that's the way way you're supposed to do it, Mike, right? Yeah. There's still, there's still agencies that don't do it that way. And I know there's a lot, there's a lot that don't do it. There is a look everywhere. A lot of guys pull up all the leaks here, shut it off. We'll start it down. Right. If it's just change out the meter, they want to shut out the whole, the whole block, man. No notification. Again, when your name's on that piece of paper, it, it changes. You're like, nope, sorry, guys. You got to work till I can say you can shut it down. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> right. I don't want to be the guy that you know that gets somebody sick or it has to issue the book. Especially, you know, it's on a Friday. I'm yeah. not issuing a water advisory on a Friday. Then, then my whole week, the whole weekend, shot for these people. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're here to serve the community, so we're we're serving them the best we can by not issuing a boil water advisory for three straight days. Absolutely, man. I always look at it like if if you know, if uh, like my grandma lived on that block, what would I do? Or if my my kids were going to be drinking this water, what would I do? And some some people that doesn't even register, man. And I think that you have to have that level of professionalism or that level of care 
into the work that you do, because if not, you're going to get caught slipping and someone's going to get hurt and your ass is going to be on the line. And, uh, and yeah, and then, you know, people get lucky. I think it's, I think they get lucky a lot and, uh, and it's unfortunate that, uh, that they, they, you know, continue to make those decisions and, uh, you know, we looking at Flint, man. I think the, I posted the other day that they're paying out like six hundred million dollars to uh, to the victims that uh, you know got hurt. And you know, to me, I just did some you know just rough rough math, and there's like a hundred thousand people in uh, Flint, so that's six thousand bucks, right? That's if everybody got a piece of the pie, six thousand bucks for you know irreversible lead contamination to them, right? And, and what like, does that cover? It covers it, nothing. It covers absolutely nothing, no. dude. It's a Band-Aid on a bad decision made by the governor and the emergency appointed mayor at the time. And it was just they, they tripped over they tripped over dollars to save pennies, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, I think they've already spent I think it was I think I saw a number like 400 million for for mm-hmm. you know, upgrades and, and replacement of lines and stuff. So they're they're at a billion dollars, which is those yeah. two numbers, man. And that's just that's insane. When they could have just kept getting Detroit water until they built the uh, the pipeline they were building, and it would have saved them a boatload of money. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the long run, oh, man. It would have saved them a lot of money. It's insane, man. And 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 I think so. Scale that down, and we're talking about what we were just talking about right now, right? I mean, that that's on a on a huge, huge scale, right? And then so to talk about like doing shutdowns the, the proper way, it's like, dude, you could have easily gotten this, the the block sick, right? And uh, yeah, a whole block and. It might not sound yeah. like a lot to some people, but it, it's, dude, it's, it's, uh, it could be a life that you could have an elderly person that th- that's all they needed to, you know, send them to the hospital and, you know, it, it get really ugly really fast. And, uh, and I think, I think, spe- uh, you know, all the time, but especially in the time we're in now with everything going on, you don't want to be the person getting somebody sick and sending them to the hospital. No, absolutely. You not. don't want to be that guy that did. And then they, they get, you know, so they come down with something else because they had to go to the hospital because of you. Oh, uh, that could be a, that could ste- it's, uh, steamroll real fast. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it, And so I think that's why, you know, I think California has always tried to be on the cusp of like, you know, regulatory compliance and, you know, like environmental, you know, protection and all that. It's good stuff, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. we go over a little bit overboard on, on some things and maybe a lot of things. But, uh, you know, I think that's why I appreciate the certification game because what it does is just like it, it gives a it gives a person an opportunity to get a, a somewhat of an education and a professional certification that shows them that they, they have the ability to, right. And then, so then that allows them to get, take on more responsibility and stuff like that. But then it also holds them accountable because they are a licensed, you know, operator. And, uh, and without that, it's kind of like, well, who's in charge or who, you know, who has the ability to, uh, you know, run this plan or run this system and well, what's the backing to that? Well, he's been here the longest. Like, you know what I mean? Like that only goes so far. And I, I think, I think you know, with the way the certifications have changed over the years, I think you're you're getting rid of that old school mentality. Well, he's been here the longest, so he's been the one running it. Because right. um, there's still some towns that are run like that. Right. And you know, they got these got a lot of these guys that are still around were grandfathered into some licenses. I don't know about in California, but in New Jersey, they were. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that, that happened. That that happened in two thousand and one uh, in California, where we only had four grade levels, and they they created a fifth level. And so, if you had a one, you got bumped up to a two. But that's that's pretty much it. Or if you had a certain amount of years, I think they actually grandfathered some people just to give them a one or something like that, or or gave them a timeline yeah. to get 
their certs, but uh, I know I know certain guys like we had they had level three licenses, and when they added the four, because we only go to four in New Jersey, yeah. when they added the four, some guys got their fours. They were grandfathered into their four. So like, may, do they know what they're doing? Probably, <laughs> but you probably still should have tested them on it because yeah. you know it's a four. These four with, money out of the right here, shut it off. Yeah, <laughs> it's a four with the asterisk at the end, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool, man. So what's, what's your big motivator, man? Like what motivates you to, cause you're, you're, uh, you're a young dude, young family. Like what, what motivates you to be, you know, at the top of your game and to, and to have that level of professionalism. And if, you know, I'm sure you've had some really good you know examples at work or mentors, uh, you know, we'd like to think that there's a lot of good people out there that show showing us the way, but did you have good mentors and maybe not, or what, what, what motivates you, man? Uh, I, I'd have to say my biggest motivation is definitely my family. I mean, my wife and kids, yeah. you know, I want to provide for them. I want to give them, you know, me and my wife, a stable future for retirement. You know, I'm my kids, obviously, you know, you could do college savings through work. There's a lot of, a lot of benefits to these jobs that can benefit a family in the long run that people don't seem to know about or utilize. Right. So for me, like that, that's my biggest thing is being able to advance myself so I can put them in the best position to be comfortable and succeed in life. Right. That's, that's, that's really my biggest thing. That's awesome, man. And, it, and, and did it, was it always that or, or like before you had kids, did, were you always already thinking ahead or, or did, uh, no, before I had kids, I was a money chaser. <laughs> I mean, I, before I had kids, I worked for a private contractor. We were working 90 hour weeks and I loved it because I loved the overtime. Yeah. Those, those checks came in and I was spending it. Ching, 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 ching. You know, it was all I saw was dollar signs then. And that, that changed. I'd say probably after my first son was born, it probably took a took a year after a change. It was hard taking that pay cut. Yeah, and I kept thinking of the money I wasn't making. <laughs> but then I, I realized that you know this this is this is going to help me in the long haul. This is really going to set my family up for a good future, not just a good present. Yeah, that's good, man. That's awesome. Because you know, like a lot of us, we you know, all oh, our family's a motivator, and and it should be right. And you know, and just for that you know, just by just saying like, I want to set them up for, you know, success, you know, and, and a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I get my, my check for, for my family. Right. But then, but they're cool at being like, you know, at an entry level position for seven years or eight years or, you know, and if you're listening, your entry level position for seven, eight years, no, no disrespect, but like, you know, the way I've always looked at it is just like, you know, my family deserves absolutely the best. Right. And if I'm not putting out the best, then are they getting the best? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you're only going to get out what you put in. Right. And they're only going to get out what you put in on top. So if you're, you know, if you want to do this for your family, then like you said, that entry level job isn't going to do it forever. Yeah, it's a great start, but you got to be driven to keep advancing and keep getting those certs and just, you know, don't be afraid to change jobs either. Don't get comfortable in one place because there may be a great opportunity a couple of towns over. Yeah. No, man, it's, it's the truth. I mean, keep your head on a swivel is what I, you know, I tell people. And, and it's not that, you know, a lot of people think that they, uh, you know, it's not good to, to look other places. And the last few uh, podcasts I've done with the guys, um, they've, they've pretty much said the same thing. You know, they've done strategic, strategic moves. Like, you know, I've, I've done the research on this and I was like, ah, that job's not for me, but I really want to be at this next level, but I have to do that position first. And so I'm going to go after that position. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, before I took the Montclair job, I think I went on about s- interviews with six different places mm-hmm. and, you know, just seeing what was out there, seeing one was for uh, American Water. 
did one for uh, another sm- smaller but private company, Middlesex Water out of New Jersey. But, it, you know, it was just to see what was out there and see what I could get and, you know, see what could benefit me and not. So it was, yeah. like you said, it's all strategic plays on how you're going to make your move. It's not just don't make the move just to make the move. Yeah, right, right. That's good, man. I like that. I like that. Because you got to, I mean, you got to make the best of your time and again, your family's time. And, uh, you know, if you're commuting, you know, back and forth and you just, that's, you know, an hour less of your time to spend the time with the family and, you know, all that stuff has to come into play. No, absolutely. And that was, that was a big driving factor for me taking the, uh, the management position over staying as a, you know, a street guy is, you know, there are days you get home from working on the main or whatever you're doing that day. You're just, you don't want to play with your kids. You're too tired. You're, you're beat. And I get it. You are, there's, there's nothing left in the tank some days. Mm-hmm. So for me, taking the management position was giving me more days where there was stuff left in the tank for my wife and my kids when I got home. Speak to that some more, man. Cause I, I think no one said that like that in the, on the podcast before is like, you know, again, like quality time, right? Like there's, there's, there's time with the family and then there's quality time with the family. Like, and if your time with the family is like passing out on the couch, right. And there's no, there's, you know, good quality time spent. And, you know, again, like, you know, like both you and your wife follow the page and I follow you guys back and forth. So like, I see like, like the guy, you know, the fun stuff, you know, the pool in the backyard or, you know, just doing cool stuff. And, you know, during the summer, this summer, just seeing your family, you know, having fun and, and loving each other. And dude, I, I envy that, you know, in, in so many different ways because um, I, not envy it in a, in a, in a way where like I want it. Cause I do have that, but it's just like, like, you know, I'm always busy, dude. I'm always working on stuff and I, I want to, you know, be able to disconnect from work, but like, because it's, it's um, I'm, I got so much going on. Like I, I try to find that balance, you know, and, uh, and I'll admit, like, I don't, I don't give my, uh, my wife that time that I should, you know, and, uh, and, and that's the part that I, I'm, I'm guilty of that and, uh, I need to be better at. And I think that, you know, it seems like you guys have a really good balance of it. And if you don't, then you, you definitely show it, um, show that you do. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days I come home and I, I don't, I still don't have stuff in the tank, but like, you know, like I said before, it's you're out there even if it's only a eight hour day but you had to go do three curb boxes and it's in a hundred degree day or it's in a 30 degree day your body's tired when you get home and the last thing you want to do now especially like during the summer with my kids they want to go play outside it's like man i've been outside (laughs) in the heat all day and i find i just hit the air conditioning for the first time like the last thing i want to do is go back out in the heat you know it's still it's still 95 degrees with 100 percent humidity and i I need to cool off for a little bit so so I think that 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 for me was the biggest thing was, you know, I can now still go to, to a job I like every day, still still in the same industry. But now I have that energy left or, the, you know, I have the, I'm more willing to go outside with them because now I'm not breaking my back doing something in the heat or it's not, you know, or I'm not coming home after, you know, one of those 20 degree days where your bones hurt and you just it's so cold that once you hit that heat, the only thing you can do is fall asleep because right. you, you can't keep your eyes open when, after a cold day like that. Once you're in the heat, man, it's, it's, a, it's over. It's game over. Yeah. And if you, if you get that couch and it lights out, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's wake up and do it again. Right. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. It's wake up and do it again. And, and you're saying that it's, it's, it's a, it's a routine. Yeah. You, you, during the winter, it's a routine. So yeah, you'll have your days where it's not so bad, but still for me, it was, the overall being able to do more for the family with this job. Because 
because time goes so fast, right? I mean, oh, it flies, it flies, it flies, dude. And and you know, and I know there's a bunch of old timers out there that wish they could go back because they'll never say, you know, I wish, I wish I had less time with the family, right? <laughs> you know, I wish yeah, I spent less time with the them. family. You know, like no, it's always like, man, I work my balls off, and I, you know, and I, you know, I know there's lady listeners, so I apologize, um, but. You know, I, I worked so hard, you know, and I didn't I didn't do all the things with my family. I wish I could have. And now when I'm retired, I want to go camping. It's like, but now my kid's busy, right? With his family. Yeah, your kid, your kid, he's either in college or he's got his own family or, you know, he's traveling with friends or, you know, whatever they're doing. It's, yeah, you, you know, especially that time where they want us, like my kids are six and three. So they're at the point where they still want to spend time. Right, with right. I want to take advantage of that time because that, I think that's the shortest time we have with them. Absolutely. You know, it's that, 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 that goes by real fast. Yeah. And they'll, they'll and never I, be the same age they are today. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and every day, especially my six year old is it, he still loves hanging out with me and playing, talking superheroes or whatever we're doing, but it, a little bit less time. It seems like every once in a <laughs> while. More, and more independent. Yeah. He's going to, he's doing a little more on his own now. So it's, you got to take advantage of it while you have it. Cause you only get, you only get one shot at this, you know, it's true, man. And, and, uh, I said it on a previous podcast about, you know, just me doing, you know, cause I, you know, I went through divorce and, and then like, uh, they moved back down to Southern California and just recently I've moved back down to Southern Cal to, to be with them. And, uh, and, you know, I just did the math and how much time I, I had with my kids being, you know, in a, you know, five and a half hours North from them and, and how much, I, how I had, how much time I had with them until they're 18. I was just like, I was pissed off at myself that I didn't do the math sooner. Um, and then also like, just, I felt like, fuck dude, like I need to get that time back, you know, and I can't, right. I can't, I can't yeah. get that last time back, but I can make a decision now. And, and fortunately, with, yeah, you make the best way you yeah, have left. Unfortunately, I've, like, That's all you know, you can I've do. worked to the point where I, exactly. That's it, man. That's it. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, like if you can recognize where you're lacking or where you really would enjoy your time to be spent, if you can acknowledge where that's at and and uh, and make a conscious decision, I think you're going to be better for it. Because if you acknowledge it and say, "Hey, you know, I wish I spent more time with my my kids," but this damn job, well, you're putting the job in in front of them to an extent, right? Like, oh, yeah. and, and there's some people that they have to, right? That they have no other option. But oh yeah, and there are a lot of people like that, and that that's okay. But at, at the same time, you know. I, listen, I'm loyal. I'm a very loyal employee, but the way I always tell, I'll, I, I've told my directors, listen, I'm loyal to a point. Right. Cause at the end of the day, if I leave here, you're replacing me the next day. So, you know, my family's always going to be, there. <laughs> just, they're always going to be there. Dude, I haven't even, so, I haven't even left my other job and they're already working on uh, changing the requirements for my position. <laughs> yeah, they yeah know, exactly. They already know I'm leaving. Right. And exactly. like, they, 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 <laughs> they're already changing. We all do. You're needed when you're there, but the minute you tell them you're gone, they they forgot your name. Yeah, right? they don't even know who you yeah, are. Yeah, man, and that's you know, but that's business, right? And that's life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's why you have to, as as the employee or whatever you're doing, you have to be in the business of yourself, right? First, right. And a lot of people lose sight of that. Oh, work, 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 and you know, I, I'm guilty of it too. I do it, right? But you have to catch yourself doing it, right? No, I I dig it, dude. Great conversation, man. Um, because it's you know it's it's uh, people need to hear that and people need the, re- the, the reminder of how fragile life is and how, you know, families could be, you know, uh, God forbid it happens, but torn apart because of some stupid accident or, you know, a trip to the grocery store or even at work and, uh, and how much our time, um, is super, super limited. 
and to make the best. Yeah, I think I think in our industry, especially because of the on call and the you know water main breaks, you you have to be out there immediately and get the water back on. And yes, you're a public servant and you want to do your job to the best of your ability. And I, I think people get so focused on that mm-hmm. that they almost you know they lose what they're leaving behind. Yeah. at home. You know, and yeah, I get it. We signed up to do this job, and it's 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 part of the job description. And I one hundred percent get right. that. But you have you have to find that balance, like you said. You have to be able to find that balance of saying, "Hey, listen, you know, today I'm I'm not around today. If you're on call, unless you're the guy who has to be on call, but you know, you have to find the balance sometimes. You do, you do. You have to disconnect. And you know, and 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 I worked a treatment plant for about three years, and I did the the kind of shift rotation for about half that. And, uh, and it was brutal, man. Like, you know, it was a week of swing, week of days, week of grave, week of days. And then that fourth weekend you slept at the plant for 48 hours. You didn't have any contact with anybody for 48 hours, you know, unless somebody came and visited you. But, uh, it it, it was rough, man. And I was just like, you didn't know when to sleep or go to the bathroom or like, what's breakfast. Like, man, it was, it was rough. And I, and there's a lot of, a lot of people that have worked those shifts for their entire career and my hat goes off to them, but at the same time, you know, you got to make the best of the time that you have um, with your loved ones and, or, or just yourself. Maybe you don't even care about your loved ones, but just, you know, spend that time with yourself, you know, doing, doing, you know, whatever hobbies or, you know, or, or passions you have, like you got to do that. You got to disconnect. And uh, I'm, I, I need to take my own advice right now because I, I don't disconnect enough, Um and, uh, and yeah, no, that's just, it's, it's a good conversation. I think maybe just having you on today is, is just to remind me to, to do more of that, to disconnect. So, so if gonna- we all need the reminder, like I said, we all need it. It's, 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 like I said, we, we get so caught up in this industry and I, you know, not just this industry, a lot of people at work do, but I, I said, I feel like the, the on-call nature of our job makes it so much more that, you know, you're never home when you're home. Right. You're always that that's in the, it's in the back of your mind that, you know, oh, there's a thunderstorm tonight. What happens if my main pump station gets hit with lightning? You know, the, the transformer. What happens if this pops tonight? Oh, I hope they did that repair right. Or, you know, right. oh, I know we've had issues on this main for years. You know, you're always thinking that that something's going to go and wrong. You're, you're never really home when you're that's home. a that's the battle of a, a professional. Right. Because like so like you said, you went from a position that was this like brutal to your body and physically just left you, you know, super, uh, you know, tired at the end of the day. Now you're in a position where you're mentally tired too. Right. Cause, cause you, oh, you, yeah. oh, responsibility yeah. I, you know, I didn't believe it at first. I didn't believe it at first. My friend, ah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. The mental exhaustion isn't real. Yeah. Me. No, it's real. It's real. It's real. It is, dude. It is. Cause you're, cause your work never ends. Like it literally never ends. Cause you're going at home, you're going home thinking, how am I going to motivate him tomorrow? How am I going to get this, you know, plant back online or whatever it is? Like mm-hmm. you're constantly going and uh, and so I don't know. Like what what would you? I mean, obviously, I think I know, right? Because you're doing the position, but like, there's pros and cons to both, right? Like there's some days I'm sure you just want to go dig a hole, right? Uh, yeah, because you know what? Some days digging the hole, you're not you're not dealing with the people complaining because they got for us. We have a phone that's constantly attached to our hip with a call service. These people call call service, and our phones we get emails and text messages to call these people back. Yeah. So it's nonstop, and then you got to you know, and then not only that, but now you have to go you to go back talk to the director, tell him what's going on, and then you have to report to the town manager and let him know what's going on, so he can report to the proper people. The mayor and council need to know. It's it's. Yeah. 
a lot of people see the manager when you're sitting there, you know, oh, look at him. He's sitting in the air conditioning in his office. No, I, I have to send like 10 emails and call the state and let them know what's going on on top of everything else. And, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's not all what a lot of the, you know, what, even what I thought, I'll be honest, even what I thought, I was like, yeah, what do they do all day? And, and now seeing it from the other side, yeah, you're busy. You are. You know, you're busy just like everybody else. You have those down days, but a lot of days you're, you're doing a lot more than people think. And Yeah. And if you're not busy, then, you know, if, obviously if you're not just cruising, but if you're not busy, it's probably because you earn the right to not be busy right now. Cause you just went through hell yeah, you and got it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. That's it. I think, uh, and it's something people there's there's pros and cons to each side. You know, some days, like you said, you can just dig in a hole. It's it's stressful, but I don't think it's as mentally taxing as being in the management position. You know, you're you know what you're going to do. You got to go get it done. Yeah, that's and it'll physically beat you up, but mentally, you'll you'll be all right at the end of the and day. And I think a lot of guys are scared to get into management because of that. Right, like, oh, no, I'm I good. Think, I'm like, good, right? I'll, I'll just be. Yeah, that responsibility, like I said, that responsibility, it, it hits you hard and fast, and you're like, oh man, this is this. Like I said this is real. Yeah, you know, this is, I'm the one who has to deal with all this now. Right. And yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> I never forget when my director and the other operations supervisor went on vacation. They had days off, like the same time. Yeah, and we had we had a contractor pull a service. I'm like, I think I was there like a week and maybe no longer than a week and a half, maybe a month. I was uh-huh. there. I'm like, oh man, like this is all. I'm by myself now. This is all me. <laughs> all you. Like, yeah, all right. I, I guess this is real now. It's time to go. Right. <laughs> you just yeah, yeah. Money and not do anything now, huh? <laughs> yeah. No, the phone's ringing. Oh, what happened over here? Are you guys okay? Is it handled? Yeah. You know, you. There, there's a lot to it. Yeah. So what would you? So what do you? What uh, what advice would you give a, a a you know position a person that just got into a leadership role or a new supervisor position? Like, you know, like I, I've said it before that the 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 skills and the the talent and the hard work that got you to the position that you're at now is not going to be the same things that get you to the next level. Or, you know, like it's 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 good to know the frontline level stuff when you're a supervisor because it helps you make obviously better decisions. But like now that you're in a supervisor role. You know what are some what's some a uh, good uh, tip that you could share or advice that you could share to someone that's uh, just getting into that role? I think the biggest thing is, is still be open to learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you see some guys who get into these roles and they think they know everything because they're in this role now. And I think you can still learn from guys on your crew who are doing the work. You know, people see things differently. Everybody sees a job differently. Everybody sees a tactic differently on how to do something. And you can learn something new every day. It doesn't matter if it's the laborer, the foreman, or, you know, even even your director. Everybody sees something differently or, you know, knows something a little different that may make the job just that much easier. And you, you have to be willing to learn every day. You can't just close yourself off once you get into these positions. Because you know what? You I'm still not at the top of the food chain and I don't think I could ever be at the top of the food chain because I won't allow myself to be, I want I, you can't allow yourself to be, you, you can't get content with whatever you're doing. When, especially even in a management role, you see, there's so much to learn. Right. There's so much to learn. There's, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, I, I was guilty of it. Ah, how hard can it be? But you know, the DEP reports and, you know, calling the state and dealing with the state and who you have to deal with and stakeholders meetings. And, you know, it's, there's, 
a lot to learn no matter what position you're in and you can't close yourself off once you move up. I think that's the biggest thing is don't, don't, don't get become closed minded once you move up and think, you know, everything. Right. Right. And, and I think that, that uh, it's a good tone to set also for your team because then they see that you're, you're learning, right? Let's learn together. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and you're giving them accountability. I think when you give your crew accountability, they want to do more. They want to work harder mm-hmm. because they're, they're not now relying on you for all the answers. You're allowing them to answer the questions. And you're, you know, it, it's like uh, that book, Extreme Ownership. You know, it's giving them the ownership of the job they do. Right. You know, make sure everybody understands their role and what their role is and what they're doing. But allow that, you have, as a manager, you have to be able to also step back and allow these guys to do the job. You can't be on top of them. Yeah. Because I think I think you see a lot of guys make mistakes when the management's breathing down their neck on jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They panic, they get nervous. They, you know, you have to be. And that was a hard proponent for me. Also, going from being a foreman to being a manager was taking that step back. Yep. No, I I, on, on job. I hear you, man. So Jocko Willink, dude, you're uh, you, you read uh, you read his book, huh? Yeah, I've read both. Right on. Great book. Right on, man. That's good stuff. So so you, you want to share that? What what two books those were in case anyone was just listening right now? Uh well, the first one was Extreme Ownership. Well, Ex- the second one slipped in yeah, my mind. Extreme leadership and extreme ownership. Extreme leadership. Yeah. And, and the dichotomy of you know, the Yeah, the dichotomy of leadership. And it was um, you know, the first one was obviously he was just getting into what I was saying about giving the guys the responsibility, but making sure they understand their role and how the Navy SEALs do it. And I, you know, I've, I love the Navy SEALs. I don't know if you remember when they used to put it back on TV, the budge training. Oh yeah. Used to be able to watch them on TV. Yeah. They'd show the hell weeks and stuff. I, you know, I, I always liked that. So when they came out with the book, I, I wanted to read it and it was actually, I saw you recommend it and that's how I read it. Yeah. 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 It was, you know, it, it actually opened my eyes on how to be a, a leader, but like, uh, like he says, detached command kind of be stay away, but you're still there. That's good stuff. And, and and that book, both books, and then the dichotomy of leadership really broke down how to do that. That's good stuff. You know, they were they were great books. Yeah, no, they were they were they're great books. I mean, they're he, uh, him and I think who was the other guy, Leif Babin, I think it was he wrote them with. They're great books. They're, they they really they went into great detail on how to be a good leader and still be able to separate yourself and let your your team do the work also to give that you know because it it gives them pride in what they do. Right. And I think, you know, like naturally we all like to work, right? Like naturally people like to work with, you know, not someone breathing down their neck like 24 seven either. Right. So tell me what I need to do. Teach me if I don't have the skills and uh, let me do my thing. Like, let me, let me, you know, do my craft, you know? And uh, yeah, you can't, you can't micromanage people because that's like I said, mistakes happen when you, people get micromanaged yeah. or they get frustrated and don't want to do it the right well, way. That's how you build trust. Right. So like, I mean, if you, if you allow, you know, say, Hey, I need you to go do this job. This is, you know, this is how long it should take, or this is, you know, this is how, you know, I, I think you should do it. But, it, you know, if you find another way or you come into contact with something different, then, you know, go for it, you know, like make the decision, I trust you, you know, and I think just hearing that sometimes too, like, hey, you know, okay, cool. I can do it my way. Or, you know, he said, Hey, you know, this is uh, how he expects it done. You know, we're going to do it to the T or that's how you build that trust back and forth. Cause it's a two way street, right. With employees and supervisors. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, one hand washes the other. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That goes a long way. That's saying, I think that's true, man. You it know. does. And it's simply put, right. I mean, that's the best lessons are just like, just so, or the things that live by words live by are just so simple sometimes. Yeah, they really are. They really are. 
Right on, man. I dig it, man. I, you know, I think uh, I think that's enough for everybody to chew on, man. I, unless you got anything else you want to add, or uh, you know, I just I just think that uh, you know, talking about you know, family, what motivates us, uh, new leadership. Um, I think you know, just tailing off right now with just obviously, you know, you're uh, you want to be good at what you're doing. Uh, you want to be a good leader. You want to be a good father, and everything that you're doing. So. Self-improvement is a big thing for you. I know that, right? Because obviously you're reading books or you're, you're trying to learn your craft and trying to, you know, be good for the family. Like, so that self-improvement thing is, is what resonates with me for you. And uh, I think it's just a great reminder for everyone to, you know, to take, take a look at what they got in front of them with their life, with their, with their path that they're on. And uh, if it's not uh going anywhere or if it's not going to the speed that they want or in the direction that they want, just make small, small tweaks here and there. Right. Um, yeah. That's the biggest thing. Don't, don't try and make the big jump right away. It's, it's, it's the small steps that'll get you the the longest in the long run. Absolutely, man. Totally agree. Well, cool, man. Um, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Cool, man. No problem, dude. I appreciate you, uh, and your time and, uh, I know your time's precious with the family, so I'll let you get back to them. And uh, enjoy your night, man. I appreciate you, Mike. Hey, thank you. You too. All right. We'll see you, Mike. Bye.